watching. Well, that was creepy, wasn't it? <laughs> well done. Um, no, that is not our normal intro uh, introduction opening song, but I thought it was appropriate for today's discussion. By the way, in case you were wondering when that song originally came out, it was 1984. But welcome to today's WCN TV program. It's uh, Tuesday, January 30th, uh, 31st, 2023. 
Before we get started, I want to make sure everybody knows about our upcoming conference sponsored by Wisconsin Christian News. We can bring that up there. Um, it's our solemn assembly and conference, which will be held in Wausau, Wisconsin, right in the center of the state, April 14th and 15th. And our theme is a great pushback against the Great Reset. We have some great speakers lined up for you. We'll be starting Friday night, April 14th at 6 p.m. with Sharam Hadian from the Truth and Love Ministry. On Saturday the 15th, we start at 9. Speakers include Alex Newman from The New American, Coach Dave Daubenmeyer from Past the Salt Ministries, John Dislin, author of The Christian Warriors book, Nehemiah Strong, and Dr. Mike Spaulding, who you all know as my co-host here on WCN-TV. Cost for this event is just $69. You can get your uh, tickets by going to Coach Dave's website because ours isn't set up for it. Just go to CoachDaveLive.com slash events, go down to April 14th, and you'll find us there. And there you can sign up and register and order your tickets. Seating is limited, so I'd encourage you to uh, plan now to be there. We'll be covering topics ranging from exposing the great reset, the great narrative, and the great deception, to activating a revival of godly men and women, and also building alternative systems for education, health freedom, and food supplies and more. Again, it's coachdavelive.com slash events where you can get your tickets, and I hope to see you there. Alrighty, on the program today, we have constitutional attorney and author John Whitehead. John is the founder and president of the Rutherford Institute and author of multiple books. You can find him online at rutherford.org. Also with us today is private investigator, author, writer for Wisconsin Christian News, and host of the Hagman Report, Doug Hagman. Watch Doug's daily TV program at hagmanreport.com or on Rumble. So why did I play that weird song at the start of the show? Because although it came out in 1984, 39 years ago, it's pretty relevant to today's topic. By the way, did you notice at the very start of that video, the newspaper they were holding was in Chinese? Yes. Coincidence? You tell me. But we're talking about the uh, surveillance state today, something John has researched and written about extensively. In case you're not aware, nothing is private anymore. Somebody really is watching you. I want to just quickly quote from one of John's articles here. It says, uh, we're being watched everywhere we go. Speed cameras, red light cameras, police body cam cameras, cameras on public transportation, cameras in stores, cameras on public utility poles, cameras in cars, cameras in hospitals and schools, cameras in airports. It's estimated there are upwards of 85 million surveillance cameras in the U.S. alone, second only to China. On any given day, the average American going about his daily business is monitored and surveilled, spied on and tracked by in more than 20 different ways by both government and corporate eyes and ears. And we're being recorded at least 50 times a day. We've all heard about the Chinese surveillance state, but the U.S. is not far behind. And what happens in China it doesn't take long for, for it to get here. If you want a quick glimpse at what our future holds, let's just look at a short video about Chinese schools, and then we'll bring our guests in to dig deeper into this discussion. So uh, let's roll that video. It's about five minutes long, and and then we'll get into the get into the show. Teachers at this primary school in China 
know exactly when someone isn't paying attention. These headbands measure each student's level of concentration. The information is then directly sent to the teacher's computer and to parents. China has big plans to become a global leader in artificial intelligence. It has enabled a cashless economy where people make purchases with their faces. A giant network of surveillance cameras with facial recognition helps police monitor citizens. Meanwhile, some schools offer glimpses of what the future of high-tech education in the country might look like. Classrooms have robots that analyze students' health and engagement levels. Students wear uniforms with chips that track their locations. There are even surveillance cameras that monitor how often students check their phones or yawn during classes. These gadgets have alarmed Chinese netizens. But schools say it wasn't hard for them getting parental consent to enroll kids into what is one of the world's largest experiments in AI education, a program that's supposed to boost students' grades while also feeding powerful algorithms. The government has poured billions of dollars into the project, bringing together tech giants, startups, and schools. We got exclusive access to a primary school a few hours outside of Shanghai. To see firsthand how AI tech is being used in the classroom. For this fifth grade class, the day begins with putting on a brainwave sensing gadget. Students then practice meditating. The device is made in China and has three electrodes, two behind the ears and one on the forehead. These sensors pick up electrical signals sent by neurons in the brain. The neural data is then sent in real time to the teacher's computer. So while students are solving math problems, a teacher can quickly find out who's paying attention and who's not. A report is then generated that shows how well the class was paying attention. It even details each student's concentration level at 10-minute intervals. It's then sent to a chat group for parents. The reports are detailed, but whether these devices really work and what they exactly measure isn't as clear. We were curious if the headbands could actually measure concentration, so one of our reporters tried on the device. This is a new technology with still fairly little research behind it. Theodore Zanto is a neuroscientist at the University of California, San Francisco. He was surprised to learn that this tech, called electroencephalography, also known as EEG, is being used in the classroom on children. It's usually used by doctors in hospitals and labs. EEG is very susceptible to artifacts. And so if you are itchy or just a little fidgety or the EEG wasn't set up properly so that the electrodes didn't have a good contact, affects the signal. Despite the chances for false readings, teachers told us the headbands have forced students to become more disciplined.
Teachers say the students now pay better attention during class, and that has made them study harder and achieve higher scores. But not all students are as enthusiastic. This fifth grader, whom we caught dozing off in class, told us his parents punish him for low attention scores. And that kind of data adds a new kind of pressure for students. Companies we interviewed said the data can go to government-funded research projects. We spoke to parents who were unclear about where the data ended up, and they didn't seem to care too much. Santos says there's likely no privacy protection at all. In a classroom, if you're trying to make an assessment of an individual student, you really can't anonymize it. Experts and citizens alike are sounding alarms about various aspects of the country's huge push into artificial intelligence. These classrooms are laboratories for future generations. And while these new tools may potentially help some 200 million students raise their grades, just how this all works out won't be apparent until they become adult citizens. Classrooms are laboratories. And I'll just go farther and say that the students are the guinea pigs. What do you think, John? I agree with what you just said. <laughs> I think classrooms have always been that way in many ways. I mean, they were designed. Um, I have a, a sci-fi novel called Eric Blair Diaries. Eric Blair was Orwell's real name. Uh, Orwell was a pen name. But it's about a young guy who faces this, and they come to the conclusion that the schools of his time, which is in the future from here, are indoctrination centers, so they have, always have been. But what I've seen now and what I'm really concerned about is how artificial intelligence is basically taking over everything. By 2030, there, you know, Google says singularity, the doctrine of singularity is where the human mind and the computers are going to uh, actually fuse together. And uh, you have uh, Elon Musk and his Neuralink, and uh, also the Chat GPT. I don't know if you've seen that, but the Chat GPT actually writes articles good for journalists, and what grade students, and etc. So we're moving into an era now where, and again, China's having a tremendous impact around the world. It was about six months ago when Edward Snowden was interviewed again. He said he was he was basically shocked at China's influence in the world, and so that's what we're seeing. Uh, but we are definitely moving into an artificial intelligence environment. People like Philip K. Dick, uh, who've ever seen the movie Blade Runner, uh, gives you an idea of where the future is headed. And I do believe it's headed in that. I think that in 1980, 1986, I wrote a book that came out called The End of Man. And I had a number of people make fun of me about the book because I predicted, and talking about AI as they were studying it then, they were predicting that AI was going to basically take over and destroy humanity as we know it. Uh, and that's coming. It's right around the corner. It won't take long. I think most people will fall in line uh, with it. Uh, most people really don't are oblivious to what's going on because they're watching their uh, screen devices. The average American watches about 150 hours of screen devices a month. Think about that. If they took half of that time and said, I'm going to fight for freedom, 
more how to get humanity back, you know, on the line where it belongs, what we could do. But people are addicted today. I call it uh, digital heroin, uh, the devices. I don't watch television. Uh, the thing is, uh, the thing when, is I was, when I was a young man, let me tell you what my, my parents called it. This is in 1950. They called the TV the boob tube. Uh, we have to be careful because we are definitely moving into an AR environment. Uh, it's coming. Several Google executives uh, resigned about six months ago and said we created God. Hmm. And this, these are AI. If you if you haven't seen this chat GPT, look it up because it's robots writing like people, and you can't distinguish it. Uh, they're doing prophecies and stuff, and uh, it's much like uh, one of the prophecies of the one of these robots with chat GPT was asked about uh, Revelation and the Mark of the Beast, and it basically said we are the Mark of the Beast. So we're moving into an environment. If you care about your kids and stuff, we, we only have a short time if we have any time at all. You know what I think? I think AI has already basically taken over. This cancel culture we're seeing, which is destroying the human mind. And, you know, again, I'm a great free speecher. I believe in free speech, folks. If you don't like what I got to say, stick it and get away from me and all that. But if you want to hear what I got to say, you hear it. And I agree. I listen to a lot of people. You know, again, I'm a constitutional lawyer. I've defended some of the most nasty people I've ever known that are free speakers. They get on the street corner and do their thing. I will defend them because I want people to think. But we st we, we, we're becoming a non-thinking culture. When you look at who we're, you know, <laughs> some of our elected officials, I mean, come on. Uh, they have trouble thinking. And uh, they're supposedly our leaders. And... The Bill of Rights today, I am just shocked when I talk to kids today and young lawyers that can't tell me what's in the Bill of Rights. They can't tell me what's in the First Amendment. And uh, the it, it's, a, it's a terrible situation. That's why I write the books I do. I'm trying to raise the alarm. And the alarm is, is that, uh, again, uh, we're moving into an environment where uh, used to machines and stuff were extensions of people. Now we're becoming extensions of uh, the machines, which are the robots. And there were some great writers back in the 60s and stuff, a guy named Francis Schaefer, who was a, I was a, a, his attorney and worked with him. But he would always talk to me about the machineness of people. How do you explain it, John? And I was going, I really don't know, sir. I was a younger guy at the time. But it kind of keyed me in to start thinking about that, you know, how easy people fall in line. They fall in line with Hitler, Stalin, in, in China, uh, wherever the dictators are, even though they're sending people to concentration camps in some of those countries, uh, and there are no rights, and they're in a total surveillance state. And by the way, folks, we're in a total surveillance state today. So I guess I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, it's a shot at it. Let's, uh, let's bring Doug in here. Doug, I'm sure you've got some, some uh, comments and questions. Well, John, thank you so much for writing the books that you have written. Um, Battlefield America, Government of Wolves, two of my favorite books. When, when I first um, read them, I, I thought perhaps there might have been some sort of uh, embellishment there. And, and boy, was I surprised in the deep dig to realize that, man, if anything, it's the threat to us is understated but i i have a question uh I, I guess at this point where we're at at this point well two questions a two-part question are you surprised 
given that this was written, I think, in 2015, one of your books is 2015. I think the other is 2013. Um, are, you, are you surprised at, at how rapid things have progressed, number one? And number two, waking people up seems to be difficult at best, but what happens when you wake people up? What, what, what do you expect to happen? Will people take to the streets? Will they um, become non-compliant or will they just roll over and uh, take whatever is doled out to them? And those that don't do the latter or the former, whatever, um, what's going to happen? Well, uh, no, I'm not surprised at how fast things have moved. Uh, there was a very good writer back in the 1960s, a guy named Marshall McLuhan, who, who wrote some really good books. One was, uh, well, they're all in the mass media, what was happening. But he, he made a really good point, and that was that uh, people do not know their environments or realize them until they're surrounded. And they do not understand it until they're totally surrounded by it. And so we're seeing the AI today and all the things that are happening. And I say it, the Chinese video was a really good one, in my opinion it basically summed up where we're headed. And uh, the major corporations, Google, Microsoft, and all of them are going to be pushing this very heavy in the United States as well, because they work with the Chinese. And people don't realize this. We have $31 trillion debt in this country, and Japan and China are our biggest people we owe the money to uh, that we're in debt. So the question is, these people have a, a big influence. But here's the other thing that's really moved fast since I was a young man, and that is the militarized state we're in. Today, uh, we have a standing army. George Washington warned very clearly, very clearly, he said, do not have a standing army on American soil. That's what the, the founding fathers who started this country faced. They got shot, robbed, you know, killed, murdered, their homes invaded. Uh, that's coming. We have uh, at least 100,000 SWAT team raids occurring in America now annually. People are getting shot in the middle of the night, uh, veterans, children, things like that, up from 3,000 in the 1980s. And a lot of this comes from how the uh, military police are being trained. They're being trained militarily. I talk to people who have and work in the, the academies and try to teach the constitutional rights, and they say they're made fun of. And one said, John, they're trained so militarily now that we, the American people, are the enemy combatants. Uh, 2022 saw, saw more, more police, uh, more uh, American citizens shot than in the last decade. So even that's increased. And only about 10% of those people actually constituted what were real threats. They got shot. So we moved into a very strange environment where uh, if you try to protest, you better get it uh, somehow <laughs> secret if you can. But I don't think you can, to be honest with you. The FBI is watching everything. The CIA, they all work together. They have everything on your phones. They're, they have your face. Drones from two miles up can read your face uh, and actually report who you are and where you're going. They're doing geofencing geo around you as you walk around. They're watching everything you're doing, everything you touch. I mean, the police now have an app on their phone where uh, – in uh, about three or four minutes, they can do 30 days of your text messages and e emails, coagulate them into an algorithm and know what you are. We've had cases where people have said, and we do, we do a lot of cases, 
uh, where they, the police have crashed down a dorm and really agitated over nothing, basically. And I had a couple of people say, why are they so agitated? I said, because they have everything you send down your phone. Do you own a weapon? And how many people know this? Department of Homeland Security does threat assessments on all homes in America. They go from green to red. If you have a weapon, you have a red. I mean, you get punished for exercising your Second Amendment rights. And that's where we're at. So I see us today is the uh, our rights are being just smashed. The Fourth Amendment's dead, folks. You can raise it in cases and fight it. But when you walk out of that courtroom, if you were to win a Fourth Amendment issue or something, they're watching you wherever you go. I mean, uh, stores now uh, actually have devices that when you pick up a product and put it back, they're watching you to make sure that you're not stealing or whatever you're doing. So every movement you're making, I mean, uh, uh, Robin, as his uh, introduction said, how many times, you know, uh, the average Americans photograph 50 times a day. If you're in a big city, by the way, there is absolutely no freedom in restaurants or whatever you go. And it's going to move into education, in my opinion, within the next decade. And again, singularity is predicted by 2030 with, with AI taking over everything. And here's the other thing. And uh, I stress this with people. The government is ready and it's poised. It's given tons of military equipment to local police. It, it Police chiefs are trained in Quantico at the Marine base. Uh, a lot of them are. They're trained militarily. And, uh, you know, they're, they're ready to go. There's a 2030 video uh, produced by the Pentagon, training video that was put out. And I'm sure you're probably familiar with it, but if you're not, let me explain it. It's predicting that by 2030, this country is going to collapse internally, monetarily, and otherwise. And I can see that happening. And here's the re one of the reasons. And some of the scientists I read about are talking about it. They're saying with AI's progress, I mean, they're not going to need people to write, to move, to pack, to bring you a package. Uh, I mean, the police are using robot dogs now in states with weapons on them. And... Uh, I mean, you're, again, Elon Musk probably said it best. He said, I've tried to warn people, but they won't realize it until they see the robot coming at them from down the street. And he also said this, if you have a human dictator, that dictator will die. But if you have an artificial intelligence dictator, it will live forever and it will be evil. And so that's what we're facing. Is there a way out of it is always the question. But I listen, it's a very difficult thing today. I'm telling people, educate your kids, get them aware of these things, what they're doing, not let them just become extensions of some crazy robotic system uh, on the Internet and be aware of it. But kids today, I walk into rooms and even restaurants now, families, three kids and two parents, they're all on their phones staring at them uh, like they're addicted. You know, and they are addicted. Uh, they won't raise their heads. They're not communicating to one another. They're being indoctrinated by the deep state, which is the corporate state. And uh, I can stop talking at the moment you want to interrupt, but I would just say this. There was a study that came out of Princeton University, a very well-done study, that uh, looked at where money congregated in the United States. They came to the conclusion what was Washington, D.C., and that we are run by an oligarchic elite that cares about one thing. 385 billionaires, money. They want your money. And then there was another study that came out of SMU in 2018, very well done too, where psychopathology congregated in America. You can guess that one, Washington, D.C. So we're run by psychopathic 
money grubbing people who don't give a damn about us as human beings. And uh, I tell you what, that's what we've got to get back in the human race, by the way, is caring about one another, empathy, love. You know, uh, we talked about, you talked about Christianity. I'm a Christian. Uh, Jesus Christ helped people. He went out in the streets. He worked. He did what he could do. He got in a lot of trouble, as we know. Uh, but he wasn't willing to back down, and that's the key. Uh, we need to uh, have some really good, strong, and, you know, uh, marches would be good if we could get people to march these days, get them in groups nonviolently, get them organized. And I detail that in my books, uh, Battlefield America and The Gumbo of the Wolves and other books, that those in the past did work, but you may get in a lot of trouble. You may get a bullet through your head like Martin Luther King and people did. Well, um, always a price you know, to pay for standing for freedom, folks. Always yeah. a price to pay. Um, in the video that we showed of the uh, Chinese schools, uh, one of the comments they made was, you know, how easy it was to get the parents to comply with that. And uh, it's going to be 100 times easier to get Americans to comply, you know. Uh, and this is all headed toward a, a social credit score, a carbon footprint uh, score and carbon credits and all of that under the guise of climate change, I believe. What, what do you guys say? We already have social credit scores. Like yeah. I say, the Department of Homeland Security is doing their threat assessments. Uh, the po local police now watch your uh, emails, text messages. They study them. Uh, they're, they're in a the total pre-crime mode. Uh, the Minority Report movie is an example of where we're headed. And again, that's all Philip K. Dick, who was a great thinker and writer, who predicted a lot of this stuff. And uh, we're basically, uh, and again, uh, this is uh, Philip K. Dick argued this, that Rome has come forward in our time. We're basically in a Roman empire that's run by robots. And uh, this empire does not care about our rights at all. I mean, when they're watching you, they don't care about whether they're violating the Fourth Amendment. They don't care about your free speech anymore. You, they're shutting people up for saying certain words. They're ripping down statutes. Now Princeton University wants to rip down a, a statute of Witherspoon, the only pastor <laughs> to sign the Declaration of Independence, who was a great rebel of his day. I mean, we're, they're doing away with people who thought and who would stand up for freedom, and they're getting rid of them out of our society. And Orwell said it best when he said, he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the future controls the present. And that's exactly what's happening today. Uh, by controlling past events and looking to how they're going to control the future, they control how people operate today. And as you see it, as I see it, especially with young people and adults, I mean, they run from you. If you are, you said the wrong word or whatever you're doing or doing the wrong thing that they don't like you doing. And uh, again, that's all new stuff. I didn't see any of that as a kid. I'll know. But that's changed with what we're seeing happening today. And I'll be saying this it's really scary. And I'm telling people, get your, stay home with your kids some, educate them, get them into learning their Bill of Rights, their Constitution, and let's get some rebels. Rebels are people who care about one another and will fight to change the government to make it a freer place for us to live. Well, John, you mentioned uh, pre-crime, 
which which to me sounds like the thought police mm -hmm. isn't it i mean whatever you're thinking whatever you're putting out there on uh, social networks or um your phones are listening to you constantly so um who is monitoring all this who who i mean they're, they're listening but we say they who's they fbi cia nsa they watch everything the nsa is downloading almost every email now today You're, they they actually record your phone calls programs like this are recorded uh they all work together and the amazing thing that most people don't realize amazon microsoft and the big corporations are paid billions of dollars to maintain the intelligence cloud for all 17 intelligence agencies. In other words, the, the corporate giants get access to our information and uh, the so-called government agencies get access to what Microsoft doesn't have. So again, it's again the deep state, the corporate state, what that leaked in, uh, FBI memo in 2015 said that basically the government was run by the deep state. And again, I showed you those SMU studies and principles. They showed that basically we're run by psychopathic, money-grubbing people who don't care about human beings. You know, they don't want thinkers; they want workers. They want slaves. And I always go back and look at past regimes, like Hitler's regime, Stalin, the communists, and all those. And we're just mirroring them at this point in time. Uh, and I'm afraid, again, that we're coming to a point where if there are rebels, they're, they're probably rounded up in the middle of the night, SWAT team raid easily, and either shot or killed or taken away to a FEMA camp, which a uh, former NSA agent actually told me. He said they do exist. They were built. Uh, the Bush administration gave them almost $4 million to build them. They're on uh, uh, military bases now, and they're ready for use. When and if needed, uh, the government's prepared. Like I said, with this 2030 video, they're training for a collapse of the government within seven or eight years, which could happen because there's going to be an amazing impact I see on this country, the economy, everything, with with uh, artificial intelligence as it develops. What are people going to be doing? You know, and now they're coming up with all this idea of artificial food and all the crazy things the giants are talking about. They have this money. Again, they don't care about people. And that's one thing that if we're Christians or we're just people, let's get empathy back into our society, caring about other people and making sure that and we reach out to the least of us. And I always say this, the reason we're on this planet, one reason, that's to help one another. And we're no better. I am no better than the lowest human being on this planet. I'm just another person. And I want to help those. And I want other people to do that as well. That should be taught in the schools, but I don't hear anything about that. Yeah. Doug, do you think it's going to take to 2030 to, to get to that point? I mean, we saw how fast things moved with uh, the scandemic with the uh, um, contact tracing and the, uh, the jab passports. That was all electronic. That was all surveilled. I've got to say this with what John said. That was pretty sobering to hear. Yeah. Um, now, okay, so if I can ask a question, and, and again, 
these are my thoughts, my views, not reflective of anyone else. Um, I want to be clear on that. But when I look back at events that took place where we might have had a chance to, I, I, I don't know, to fight back against this, for example, January 6th, um, in my view, and again, this is just my view, um, things would have changed. It would have turned out a little bit differently had the protesters gone further and been equipped or armed. Okay, now I say that I'm not advocating violence. I'm just advocating politeness, I guess, um, and effectiveness. Um, I, I, I guess I'm, I look at my grandchildren, and I, and, I, and I think, what kind of world are they going to grow up in? And, and that when, when, I, when I look there, I become very frustrated because I don't know how to fight what we're up against. Uh, I, I get the, I, look, I know the prayer part. I know the repentance part, but I don't know the practical part. Aside from the local, um, you know, fighting locally and, and trying to change things locally. But don't we have to address the entirety of the agenda as opposed to just being more passive? And, and I know there's a lot thrown in there, but I got a lot going through my head listening to what John said. Yeah. Well, the Fifth Amendment says that, and, and again, uh, James Madison, by the way, who drafted the Bill of Rights, said we ought to mistrust all those in power. That's the first principle of a patriot. I don't trust anybody in power. Uh, that's why when they need to be watched, because they're people, and people of the past go back as far as you want. They've not been good. But uh, the Tenth Amendment says very clearly that local governments can nullify acts of the federal government. Uh, if people could get their local communities educated on these issues, again, that's going to take a while. It isn't going to happen overnight. And again, we may not have overnight. I, I will say this. I think artificial intelligence is basically taken over. Uh, it, the environment's here, as Marshall McLuhan argued, and we're just starting to realize it's surrounding us. But I think that if we could get local communities, there are sheriffs, across the country who are now saying we're not going to enforce unconstitutional practices, SWAT teams, and stuff like that. Those are all good movements. Uh, it would be good to see local communities around the country just say, we're not going to allow any of this stuff. We're selling the military equipment back to D.C. Shove it back to the Department of Homeland Security that they've handed out, MRAP, sniper rifles, and all this stuff. Because once, here's the thing, I've studied this, once Anybody or police puts on these outfits with all this gear and black helmets and stuff, it changes their mentality. They become somebody else. They become bang, bang, we're ready to go, shoot, kill. And uh, I'm a former military officer. I've defended military officers from Afghanistan, and, and they, they're shocked when they came back and said, one of them said, I, John, I have to get permission to do a home raid in Afghanistan from my commander. Why are they doing it in the United States? I said, because nobody's fighting back against it. That's why. And it's grown from, like I said, uh, 3,000 in the 1980s to over 100,000 now annually in this country. Knocking talks, people are getting shot in the middle of the night. Uh, older gentlemen are coming to the door with a uh, baseball bat or something in their hand because they hear somebody banging on the door and it's the police. They get shot through the window. And the police have qualified immunity. 
uh, they get away with it. But I do think that if we can get our kids educated, I think homeschooling is a good way to start. Educate them in the rights, the people who started this country, what they thought, how they fought back. And also uh, get, educate our local leaders because a lot of communities tell me, gee, my local leaders, they don't understand anything. They're, they're, they're there getting money too on the city council. Run for yourself, folks. Get some good people. Start changing things. Show up at school board meetings. Those school board meetings take a lot of money from you. Uh, those schools take a lot of money from you. You have a right to be there. And if they try to shove you out the door, call groups like us, and we'll see if we can help you come back. Uh, but we need more involvement of human beings in our politics. Otherwise, there isn't much hope, folks. When you have towns of 5,000 or less equipped with MRAPs, with your tanks on tires, uh, and all this equipment they have, gee, Kelvar vests, uh, grenade launchers. <laughs> my, my parents, my father, would have been shocked. He, he wouldn't believe what was happening today. He would say, John, what would you stupid people do? So there are things we can do, but you have to do it. And I'm, that's why I, I like to come on shows like this where people hopefully are going to be active enough to do something about this. And again, I think one person can change the world, but you got to do it. Yeah, I wanted to just uh, kind of go down a list of, of uh, 10 things here uh, from one of your articles, John. Um, and you asked the question, how are they tracking us? And it's, uh, you said, based on your phone and your movements, based on your DNA, based on your face, based on your behavior, your spending and consumer activities, your public activities, social media activities, social network, based on your car, and based on your mail. That's pretty inclusive, isn't it? Yes. Total they, pretty much, they pretty much have us surrounded. We're, we're, we are surrounded, yes, by uh, government officials. I mean, I, again, when I did, when I did our, the research and found out the post office was photographing all the uh, mail on the outside, opening some of it, I'm going, you're kidding me. Yeah, um, and they do it They do it for your convenience. Uh, so they'll, they'll actually – Yeah. You can, you can sign up for a uh, – a service um, so that you can see what's in your mailbox every day. <laughs> they, they take pictures of your mail. So, but who else is looking at that? You know? Everybody, yeah. Again, they're watching everything. They're into the total pre-crime mode. And that is, we've talked about that briefly, but they want to supposedly get you before you do something they don't like. But in the future, and the future is right around the corner, it's going to be someone like me or you or whoever out there speaking back. You're going to be seen as a rebel. And, sh and I'm afraid to say this. I don't like to say this. Is shows like this may all of a sudden disappear. You won't be able to get them on the internet. Because yeah. uh, they want to find a way to nullify any kind of human activity that's going to resist the system that they, they built already. And we've talked about China before. China is already here. Like Edward Snowden said, like six months ago, he said, I was shocked at their influence and how strong it is in, in this country. And the fact that we owe so much money to them in uh, our so-called trillion dollars in debt that we keep going further and further and further in debt. And that's always kind of made me a little mad. Why we, how can a government run itself to $31 trillion in debt, $300 billion 
interest on that debt. The American people have to pay it. If I ran my, my business like that, the Rutherford Institute, I, sh I would hope they would fire me. Uh, but do we, the people, have any power over those people in Washington, D.C.? I've sued her out of Washington, D.C. for 40 years. I'd say it's the most corrupt institution I've ever been involved in or near. And I've had senators tell me that, by the way. I had a good friend who worked for a major publication. He went to work for a senator. He was hired. He called me about a month later and said, you're right. It's worse than you say, John. He said, the corporations run everything here. It's all mm -hmm. about money. And again, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so we're up against a demonic force, in my opinion, if you want to call it that. And it's it just wants to suck us dry of our energy, our money. And it wants us working for them around the clock so they can do their illegal activities, their SWAT team raids, whether they're selling drugs, working with the mafia, whatever the government does that's been alleged against them. So you're not dealing with Mr. and Mrs. Purity, folks. It should make you so angry that you say, I've had it. I'm getting together with my neighbors. And I tell people, start civil liberties oversight committees. That's what I call them. Get together in your communities and start saying, how are we going to change this thing? Read the 10th Amendment. Exercise your 10th Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights. And I'll tell you one thing. They've eviscerated, like I said, the Fourth Amendment. We have lost the diamond in our Constitution. It's been dissolved with this surveillance state because the fourth amendment says supposedly you have to have some evidence of some kind of illegal activity or suspicious something that people are doing uh, to even look at their stuff. Now they're downloading everything you're doing and watching it. They're not telling you they don't care. And your average politician, by the way, who I don't care who they are, Republican or Democrat or under have no idea what's in the constitution. So I've advocated, that before they take office in Washington, D.C., they need to pass a really good test on the Constitution because they don't know what's in it and they don't care what's in it. They just want, like I said, to have a nice time on our expense. Yeah, they just have to be eloquent speakers and sell themselves to the people. So well, Joe Biden's not too eloquent. <laughs> So I'm sorry. sometimes, yeah, I guess I'll I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. <laughs> rephrase that. <laughs> so, sometimes they are eloquent. I got hairy legs. So, um, you know, they always sell it to us as uh, for our own good, for our, yes. for, our, for our benefit, for our convenience. We've, you know, that's that's where they came up with the digital refrigerators and the electronic uh, washers and dryers and. Um, a while back, I wrote an article called The Death of Personal Privacy. Um, and a while before that, we bought an electronic digital thermostat so we could control our, our thermostat remotely with our smartphone. Mm -hmm. Not too smart, was it? Um, at the time, that was owned by a company called Nest. Well, Nest has been bought out by Google. And now it was probably six months ago, I got a notice that if you want to continue using your Nest thermostat, you need to establish a Google account. So um, I actually found a workaround. So I did not, I do not have a Google account, but 
Um, but those guys are. And the ring ring doorbell uh, uh, devices, the police have access to those. It's. Uh, well, it, here's something that people may not be aware of. You know, the Roomba robot vacuum cleaners. Yes. Have recently been sold to Amazon. Mm -hmm. So these things uh, are very clever. They they will you know learn your house so they don't bump into things or roll down the stairs or anything like that. They're actually but what they're actually doing is mapping your house and sending that information to Amazon and and whoever else. So these these vacuum cleaners are even doing it, well, and it's so convenient. <laughs> So. The other thing you have to be concerned about, too, is with the FBI's CODIS DNA base, they have over 50 million samples of DNA. They're going to be connected AI to our DNA. Uh, and um, that's coming, in my opinion. Uh, biometrics, they'll be able to, to analyze your DNA. They'll be able to go back years. They do, they do it now, by the way. Familial research, they go back to your past. You can tell who you're related to. And the reason you're like you are, uh, were you raised by a rebel or whatever, whatever. And uh, they can wow. actually track it. And that way they want to modify your behavior, by the way. But this is all in the AI system now. They're going to have all this information. And as they expand this by all the DNA samples they're getting, fingerprints, irises, your eyeballs, whatever they're watching. And uh, again, we're going to become extensions of the robotic system. You can, people can laugh at that, but that is coming. It's actually scientists are talking about it now. And like I said, they're freaking out. When you have Google executives saying, we created God, that's what they're saying. We created something that thinks better than we do and can remove us. They don't need us anymore. That's exactly what they're saying. So uh, we're, we're at a point in time in history where what's going to happen, you know? What are we going? How how are we going to move? And that's why I wrote the book back in '86 called "The End of Man." I when I did the research, I said, if this continues on this plane, we're in a hell of a mess, and we're not going to be able to get out of it. Yeah. And, well, and Rob, if I can say this to yeah. me, that's the value of Wisconsin Christian News because you take um, a lot of what John is saying by different authors, and and you put all of this together you know, between the pages of Wisconsin Christian News. That, 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 that's why it's my favorite publication. But um, Well, that's uh, nice of you to say. But, but <laughs> you know, well, it, it, and I'm serious about this. But, but from your point of view, uh, Rob, uh, do you feel, uh, because I'm, God's not going to be mocked, and, and these little worms, in my view, like Yuval Noah Harari and... Um, uh, Central casting, Klaus Schwab, and you know the uh, Joey Six blogs, Biden and stuff. Uh, it, it, to me, uh, they're mocking God. Um, how, how much will God take? Do you think at this point, or is is he kind of done with with this? In your view, do you I think, think he's given people what they want, uh, what they choose. He, he gives people free will uh and and they're getting what they've chosen and um they're gonna reap what they're sowing that's that's my opinion on it okay but um uh getting back to the dna thing john was talking about you know when when i saw during the scamdemic uh 
miles upon miles of cars lined up for their free COVID test, I could tell you right then, these are not COVID tests. These are DNA collection sites, you know, and and so they, they just got, I don't know how many millions of, of DNA samples from people, but before we run out of time, anybody in the studio audience have any questions for either Doug or John? Now is your chance. Questions or comments? All I can say is they're nailing it. They're right on. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's why we pick who we pick for our show. So <laughs> thanks, Betty. Thanks. Yeah, I, I have a, one last question for for John, if if I may. Um, John, I, I think there are, there are a lot more of us than the, there are of them, and, and them, of course, being the people who are the, the psychopaths, the sociopaths, the people that are that, that you reference. Um, could I at least have hope there, or 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 not? As the studies show, psychopathology passes down. Yeah, and, and, the, and it does. It affects. It's like a disease. It affects the way people think and look upon one another. I mean, I can see it. Like I said, in young people today and people around this country, just the way they think. I mean, it's um, there's no morality. Judeo-Christian morals have been thrown out the window. Um, I mean, it's become a, a environment where, you know. It's just w whatever you want to be, as long as you're in the camp with the group that run the show, which is the people running the corporate corporate media. And uh, it's basically mind control, in my opinion. And that's where it's coming to, mind control by artificial intelligence and the people who are actually open to it. And uh, that's where I think we've got to just start zipping our heads and say, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to stop watching these shows are going to stop doing this stop doing that get off of our phones unless we're absolutely necessary to be on the phones and uh because like i say it's they become addicted they're narcissistic devices and they know that uh narcissism you know narcissist didn't fall in love with himself he felt he drowned and fell in love with his image and people look they love instagram and all these things people whack each other off today because they don't like what you say. You can't be your, your friend anymore. They whack you off of uh, uh, the internet and Facebook and all that. And the way they treat each other is cruel. Uh, and like I say, we've got our churches and our communities has got to start teaching that we're here to, to help one another. We're here to help people, not to build robots. And we got to start talking about this more. Most people have no idea what's going on. When I talk to them, they look at me like, uh, what are you from Mars? Yeah, nice. join the club, John. <laughs> so one of the one of the hard things about I'm doing things it. locally is um, <laughs> most people don't know their neighbors, and if they do, they Ooh. don't you know they don't know you know who they can trust, who they can invite into their small group of you know. Well, you got welfare checks so. now. Neighbors are calling the police on people and, and saying, "Well." Um, that's his name down the block, Jack. He's acting really weird. You need to go see him. I think he's crazy. He's going to kill himself. Police crash yeah. down the floor and grab him. Welfare checks. People with autism are getting shot in their homes. Uh, yeah, they're watching each other. That's what one thing the COVID uh, so-called pandemic did. It's pushed people into their homes, and now they're peering outside their homes, seeing 
who the enemy really is. It's my neighbor. He didn't take this or didn't do that or didn't wear a mask. And it doesn't take much now to be an enemy uh, of the so-called state. And they they merged with the state. Like I said, when I went back and studied Nazi Germany really, really carefully and stuff like that, I just went, whoa. When I realized that people were being led into concentration camps to work and then being starved to death, and the people in those communities were actually going to get money. They were private camps, by the way, run by private corporations, some of them American. They were cheering that fact. They didn't care about those people going in and being their slaves. So we've got to keep empathy and humanity in the human race, and that's going to have to come through your children. And that's why I'm telling people do home education, teach them to love one another, teach them those principles. They can practice those principles, get involved in your communities. And by the way, like I said, get those military gear out of your communities. The founding fathers warned you don't want a standing army. Well, we have one today. Listen, they can lock down this country in, I think, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And they're planning it, like I said. And that's the scary thing. They're paranoid about people deciding we're not going to take this anymore. They're paranoid about it. And they're willing to blow you away. And you know how the mass media will prevent it? Present it? Oh, that was a good thing. These these people were, you know, rebel rousing, you know, violent people. That's good that the military the police insurrectionists. Exactly. Insurrectionists. Whatever. Whatever you want to give the name to. And that's where we're at today. And the only hope we have, I think, is again, raising up a generation of people who care about one another. Let's, uh, before we uh, run out of time here, let's go through the, the websites, rutherford.org, if we can pull that up, Jonathan. And uh, John, tell us about your website. Yeah, rutherford.org, rutherford.org. Uh, we do a weekly commentary, so you'll see we do a lot of cases, about 20 Supreme Court cases this year, by the way. We file briefs in and work with groups across the country in fighting for key constitutional issues. We survive off of donations. That's why we're a 501c3. And uh, again, I started it 40-some years ago with the idea that I would defend people's rights. People, Most people I was running into that day couldn't afford a lawyer. And so we, we provide the uh, legal expenses. Okay. And then let's bring up HagmanReport.com. And Doug, it's your turn. Uh, th- thanks, Rob. HagmanReport.com. That's where you'll, you'll find all of our um, uh, programs or videos and coming soon audios and articles that's going to merge into a um, kind of a hybrid site that's that we're rolling out here in the next couple of weeks. But right now, HagmanReport.com, and I uh, have a lot of uh, good guests on there and a lot of uh, uh, interesting guests. Rob, uh, um, uh, I, 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 hopefully you'll come on. And Mr. Whitehead, please uh, open invitation sure. to you. And uh, sure. uh, trying to get the truth from a Christian perspective, we appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yep. We, we love your program, Doug. So well, thank you. Um, we're just about out of time here. I want to make sure that uh, we let everyone know that next week uh, I won't be here and Dr. Mike can't be here. So we have a special treat for you. Uh, Mark Sutherland from the UK is going to sit in as our guest host. And he is going to be interviewing um, one of the J6 prisoners as he awaits trial. So you're not going to want to miss that show next week. Uh, For those of you who have watched 
before. Uh, you know Mark Sutherland. Um, he's over in England, and um, so it's going to be a late night for him. And uh, and uh, but we're, he's going to be interviewing a J6 prisoner, I believe, from his jail cell, if we can arrange it. So that's next week, Tuesday. That's it for today, folks. Thank you, John. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Good show. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless. Thank you.